0: Wonderful Tune from the Lilac Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lucy Burgoyne. The Lilac Fairy Book by Andrew Lang. Editor. Wonderful Tune. A Tale from Ireland. Chapter 18. Maurice Connor was the king, and that's no small word. Of all the pipers in Munster he could play jig and reel without end, and ollastrum's march, and the eagle's whistle, and the hen's concert, and odd tunes of every sort and kind, but he knew one far more surprising than the rest, which had in it the power to set everything dead or alive dancing. In what way he learned it, is beyond my knowledge, for he was mighty cautious about telling how he came by so wonderful a tune. At the very first note of that tune the shoes began shaking upon the feet of all how heard it, old or young. It mattered not, just as if the shoes had the ague. Then the feet began going, going, going from under them, and at last up and away with them, dancing like mad, whisking here there and everywhere like a straw in a storm there was no halting while the music lasted not a fair nor a wedding nor a feast in the seven parishes round was counted worth the speaking of without blind morris and his pipes his mother poor woman used to lead him about from one place to another just like a dog down through iveragh morris connor and his mother were taking their rounds beyond all other places iverar is the place for stormy coasts and steep mountains as proper a spot it is as any in ireland to get yourself drowned or your neck broken on the land should you prefer that but notwithstanding in balanced bay there is a neat bit of ground well fitted for diversion and down from it towards the water is a clean smooth piece of strand the dead image of a calm summer sea, on a moonlight night, with just the curl of the small waves upon it. Here it was Morris's music had brought from all parts of a great gathering of the young men and the young women, for twas not every day the strand of Trafraska was stirred up by the voice of a bagpipe. The dance begun, and as pretty a dance it was as ever was danced. "'Brave music,' said everybody.' and well done when morris stopped more power to your elbow morris and a fair wind in the bellows cried paddy Dorman, a humpback dancing-master who was there to keep order tis a pity said he if we'd let the piper run dry after such music T'would be a disgrace to iverar that didn't come on it since the week of the three sundays so well as became him for he was always a decent man says he "'Did you drink, Piper?' "'I will, sir,' said Morris, answering the question on the safe side, "'for you never yet knew Piper or Skillmaster who refused his drink.' "'What will you drink, Morris?' says Paddy. "'I'm no ways particular,' says Morris. "'I drink anything, barring raw water. "'But if it's all the same to you, Mr. Dorman, "'maybe you wouldn't lend me the loan of a glass of whisky.' "'I've no glass, Morris,' said Paddy.' "'I've only the bottle.' "'Let that be no hindrance,' answered Morris. "'My mouth just holds a glass to the drop. "'Often I've tried it, sure.' "'So Paddy Dorman trusted him with the bottle. "'More fill was he, and, to his cost, "'he found that though Morris's mouth "'might not hold more than the glass at one time, "'yet owing to the hole in his throat, "'it took many a filling.' "'That was no bad whisky, neither,' says Morris.' "'handing back the empty bottle. "'By the holy frost, then,' says Paddy, but cold comfort there's in the bottle now, "'and tis your word we must take for the strength of the whisky, "'for you've left us no sample to judge by, "'and to be sure Morris had not. "'Now I need not tell any gentleman or lady "'that if he or she was to drink an honest bottle of whisky at one pool, "'it is not at all the same thing as drinking a bottle of water.' and in the whole course of my life I never knew more than five men who could do so without being the worse. Of these, Morris Connor was not one, though he had a stiff head, enough of his own. Don't think I blame him for it, but true is the word that says. When liquor's in the sense is out, and puffer a breath, out he blasted his wonderful tune. "'Twas really, then beyond all belief or telling the dancing, "'Morris himself could not keep quiet, staggering now on one leg, now on the other, and rolling about like a ship in a cross sea, trying to humour the tune. There was his mother, too, moving her old bones as life as the youngest girl of them all, but her dancing—no, nor the dancing of all the rest—is not worthy the speaking about to work that was going on down upon the strand.' every inch of it covered with all manner of fish, jumping and plunging, about to the music, and every moment, more and more, would tumble in and out of the water, charmed by the wonderful tune. Crabs of monstrous size spun round and round on one claw, with the nimbleness of a dancing master, and twirled and tossed their other claws about like limbs that did not belong to them. It was a sight surprising to behold, But perhaps you may have heard of Father Florence Connery, as pleasant a man as one would wish to drink with, of a hot summer's day, and he had rhymed out all about the dancing fishes so neatly that it would be a thousand pities not to give you his verses. So here they are in English. The big seals in motion, like waves of the ocean, or gouty feet prancing, came heading the gay fish, "'crabs, lobsters, and crayfish, determined on dancing. "'The sweet sounds they followed, the gasping cod swallowed, 'twas "'twas wonderful, really, and turbo and flounder, "'mid fish that were rounder, just capered as gaily. "'John dories came tripping, dull hake by their skipping, "'to frisk it seemed given, bright mackerel went springing, "'like small rainbows winging.' their flight up to heaven. The whiting and haddock left saltwater paddock. This dance to be put in, where skate with flat faces edged out some old places, but souls kept their footing. Sprats and herrings in powers of silvery showers, all numbered outnumbered, and great ling so lengthy was there in such plenty, the shore was encumbered. The scallop and oyster, their two shells did roister, like castanets flitting, while limpets moved clearly, and rocks were nearly, with laughter were splitting. Never was such a hullabaloo in this world, before or since, twice, as if heaven and earth were coming together, and all out of Morris Connor's wonderful tune. In the height of all these doings, what should there be dancing among the outlandish set of fishes but a beautiful young woman, as beautiful as the dawn of day. She had a cocked hat upon her head, from under it her long green hair, just the colour of the sea, fell down behind without hindrance to her dancing. Her teeth were like rows of pearls, her lips for all the world looked like red coral, and she had a shining gown pale green as the hollow of the wave, with little rows of purple and red seaweed settled upon it. "'for you never yet saw a lady under the water or over the water "'who had not a good notion of dressing herself out. "'Up she danced at last to Morris, "'who was flinging his feet from under him as fast as hops, "'for nothing in this world could keep still "'while that tune of his was going on, "'and says she to him, "'chanting it out with a voice as sweet as honey, "'I'm a lady of honour who live in the sea.' "'Come down, Morris Connor, and be married to me. "'Silver plates and gold dishes you shall have, "'and shall be the king of the fishes "'when you are married to me.' "'Drink was strong in Morris's head, "'and out he chanted in return for her great civility. "'It is not every lady, may be, "'that would be after making such an offer to a blind piper. "'Therefore, "'twas only right in him To give her as good as she gave herself, so says Morris. I'm obliged to you, madam, of a gold dish or plate. If a king and I had em, I could dine in great state. With your own father's daughter, I'd be sure to agree, but to drink the salt water wouldn't do so with me. The lady looked at him quite amazed, and swinging her head from side to side like a great scholar, well, says she. "'Morris, if you're not a poet, where is poetry to be found?' "'In this way they kept on at it, framing high compliments, one answering the other, "'and their feet going with the music as fast as their tongues. "'All the fish kept dancing too. "'Morris heard the clatter and was afraid to stop playing, lest it might be displeasing to the fish.' and not knowing what so many of them may take it into their heads to do to him if they got vexed. Well, the lady with the green hair kept on coaxing Morris with soft speeches, till at last she over-persuaded him to promise to marry her, and be king over the fishes, great and small. Morris was well fitted to be their king, if they wanted one that could make them dance, and he surely would drink, barring the salt water, with any fish of them all. When Morris's mother saw him with that unnatural thing in the form of a green-haired lady as his guide, and he and she dancing down together so lovingly to the water's edge, through the thick of the fishes, she called out after him to stop and come back. "'Oh, then,' says she, as if I was not widow enough before, there he is going away from me to be married to that scaly woman.' And who knows, but tis grandmother I may be, to a hake or a cod. Lord help and pity me, but tis a mighty unnatural thing. And my be, tis boiling and eating my own grandchild, I'll be, with a bit of salt butter, and I not knowing it. Oh, Morris, Morris, if there's any love of your nature left in you, come back to your own old mother, who reared you like a decent Christian. Then the poor woman began to cry and sob, so finely that it would do anyone good to hear her. Morris was not long getting to the rim of the water. There he kept playing and dancing, on as if nothing was the matter, and a great thundering wave coming in towards him, ready to swallow him up alive. But as he could not see, it did not fear it. His mother, it was, who saw it plainly, through the big tears that were rolling down her cheeks. And though she saw it, and her heart was aching as much as ever mother's heart ached for a son, she kept dancing, dancing all the time for the bare life of her. Certain it was she could not help it, for Morris never stopped playing that wonderful tune of his. He only turned his ear to the sound of his mother's voice, fearing it might put him out in his steps, and all the answer he made back was, Wished with you, mother. Sure, I'm going to be king over the fishes down in the sea, and for a token of luck, and a sign that I'm alive and well, I'll send you in, every twelve on this day, a piece of burn wood to Trafraska. Morris had not the power to say a word more, for the strange lady with the green hair, seeing the wave just upon them, covered him up with herself in a thing like a cloak, with a big hood to it and the wave curling over twice as high as their heads, burst upon the strand, with a rush and a roar that might be heard as far as Cape Clear. That day, twelvemonth, the piece of burned wood came ashore in Trafraska. It was a queer thing for Morris to think of sending all the way from the bottom of the sea. A gown or a pair of shoes would have been something like a present for his poor mother, but he had said it, and he kept his word the bit of burn wood regularly came ashore on the appointed day for as good, a and a better than a hundred years. The day is now forgotten, and maybe that is the reason why people say how Morris Connor has stopped sending the luck token to his mother. Poor woman, she did not live to get as much as one of them, for what through the loss of Morris, and the fear of eating her own grandchildren, she died in three weeks after the dance." some say it was the fatigue that killed her, but whichever it was, Mrs. Connor was decently buried with her own people. Seafaring people have often heard, off the coast of Kerry, on a still night, the sound of music coming up from the water, and some, who have had good ears, could plainly distinguish Morris Connor's voice, singing these words to his pipes. Beautiful shore, with those spreading strand, thy crystal water and diamond sand. Never would I have parted from thee, but for the sake of my fair lady. End of the wonderful tune. This recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lucy Burgoyne, Queensland, Australia.